This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. Hey, remember how 20 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, now it's the future, and I used all those savings to buy this new hologram phone. Because, you know, it's the future, and everything is holograms now. So switch to Progressive and save big because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Welcome to a special episode of Cottage Talk. This is our state of form where we are basically doing our midseason review. We're going to talk about our thoughts on the season so far, what has gone right, what has gone wrong, and we're going to talk about a lot of different things, including the players, Tony Khan and the recruitment, and of course, Scott Parker. We have a lot to get to, and I have two great co-hosts on the show. I have Emilio Donnello joining me along with Scott Tanfield from Friends of Fulham. And we have a lot to get through in this special episode. But before I do anything else, I have to welcome both of my co-hosts back to the show. First, Mr. Tanfield, how are you doing tonight? Very well, Russ. Um, been a while since I've been on, but um, looking forward to um, having a bit of a debate and sort of assessing how this first half of the season has gone. Absolutely. This should be very interesting. And again, I put a couple polls up, one on Facebook and one on Twitter, basically going with the idea of talking about Scott Parker, are you in or out? And uh, we're going to talk about that. But this show is not just about Scott Parker. It's about Fulham as a whole and uh, everything that's going on with it. And this is really our midseason review. Okay, Emilio, how are you doing there, my friend? Are you looking forward to this? Hi there, guys. Happy New Year. Um... Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing this show. It's you know we're halfway through the season. Um, as usual, you know, fans will sit on both sides of the fence. Those who think we're doing as expected, many are thinking we're underperforming. But obviously, Scott and myself will, will have our own views, and I think it's good to good to share them, get them off our chests. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. But again, at the same time, it's uh, I don't think we're full of them at the end of the day. 
we're not Man United, we're not Chelsea, we're not Tottenham, <laughs> we're Fulham. So I try to make sure we all remain a little bit grounded and not forget that. I think many, I think people do get carried away about expectations, and what have you. So, but let's 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 do the show. It'll be good just to hear Scott's thoughts and yourself as well. Okay, excellent. Well, I'm going to start with Mr. Tanfield. Scott, let's do our mid-season review, the current state of Fulham. So I want to get your thoughts on where you thought Fulham would be at this point of the season. We're a little bit over halfway through the season. And your thoughts on how they've ended up so far. So give me your current state of Fulham. Um, I think the most realistic of fans would have thought sort of we would have been in the playoffs. Um I mean, as the season's panned out and I've looked at a lot of the sides that are there, Russ, um, I mean, it's not a very strong um, championship this season. No, it definitely is not. Tough, as it always is. Um, everyone can beat everyone. Um, but the quality in that division is not as um, good as I thought it would be. Um, so I kind of expect us to be a little bit higher and at least sort of challenging with maybe West Brom and Leeds this year. But, you know, as we are, we're sort of cut-sighted drift now. I think, what, 10, 11 points again? Um, so, um, yeah, I think we're slightly underachieving. I don't think we are where we should be, um, but we've got the second half of the season to come and we'll see what changes in this January. Okay, excellent. All right, over to you, Emilio. You and I have already talked about, and Scott actually mentioned this as well, this is not a strong championship league this season. It just isn't, but it's as competitive as ever. Give me your current state of form, your assessment from where you thought they would be at the beginning of the season to where they are now. Yeah, I remember when we did the the show at the beginning of the season, before the season started, we had obviously, had, I think we had Robert Wilson, Scott, you're on there. We had Gordon Davis. Yeah. We had a good, good, healthy debate. I, I always predicted we'd be in the in the playoffs. I didn't think we'd be getting, um, fighting for automatic promotion. I quoted at the time, I recall, that this was probably the weakest championship teams I can ever remember, and it's proving to be the case. And I think I agree with Scott. I'm not surprised we're in the playoff positions, but we're a few points off where we needed to be. I think, I think it's just the nature of our performances. We've not we've been sort of very underwhelming. We're not play. We haven't got an identity. We're not playing with any sort of brand of football. It's a bit lackluster at times. It's painful to watch, admittedly, and that's not disappointing. Not so much that we're in the playoffs. It's just the, the nature of the performances and the fact that we haven't really won many games convincingly. So. Yeah, I'm not surprised we're in the playoffs, but I would have expected us to at least have another, maybe a good half dozen points. But I think we're only in the playoffs to some extent because the other teams are not doing well enough. They're, they're all dropping points as well. So, you know, are we in a false position? Potentially we are as well. I.e. we should be higher, but equally we should be lower if the other teams were more consistent. But that shows the quality of this division. Very poor and inconsistent teams beating each other. So, um, so yeah, it's still up for grabs. I think that's the key sure. thing. I think we're not out of it yet. Let's not, let's not, it's all doom and gloom. We're not out of it yet. We're not playing well, yet we're still in the playoffs. So that's maybe that's not that's a positive that we can talk about. Okay. Well, that's a great way to start off the show, Emilio, because I'll share my thoughts. I actually expected us to be fighting for automatic promotion. I had said that I, I was thinking we were actually going to win automatic promotion, if I can remember correctly, back at the beginning of the season. So I'm disappointed, but you brought up some very good points that actually I completely agree with. One, the league is definitely not that strong this season. And I also think that Fulham are fortunate to be in a playoff position from the way that they play. They've been incredibly consistently inconsistent is the best way I can put it. And there are 
reasons why, and we're going to talk about that because I think that they should be higher, but they are fortunate to be where they are because I think in a stronger season, they're potentially mid-table, okay? So that to me is, again, going back to you, is it a false position? Possibly, Emilio. So I'm there with you. Scott, I want to go over to you because Emilio brings up a good point. You've already talked about the weakness of the division. Is this a false position for Fulham? What are your thoughts about that? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, at one point, Russ, I think you'll agree with me, Emilio. I mean, we, we, we get beat three games on the trot and we're still like sitting third or fourth. And I'm thinking, what, 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 what the bloody hell? <laughs> you normally lose three, four games in the division and, you, and you're fighting relegation. And it's kind of like, it's, it's been a bit of a funny season. I mean, Bristol City have like lost four on a bounce. That's uh, right. Brentford smashed them the weekend, I think, four, five, nil, wasn't it? Um, you know, and everyone sort of within that kind of compact area there seems to be sort of beating beating each other. Um, Cholton is strong, have dropped like a stone. They got beat again last night and are now sort of, I think, six points away from, from relegation. Um, the only two teams really that have kind of run away with it are, are Leeds and West Brom. And we've seen both and, and, and the pair of them are not spectacular. Um, they just seem to be doing something that we're not. Um, right. And I believe touch on that a bit later. Um, and that's the reason why they're sitting in first and second. But yeah, I think we're in a bit of a false position there. I don't think we're as good as our position sort of tells us. Um, we're not consistent enough. Um, and I think if we didn't have someone like Mitrovic to pull us out of the trenches through games or bring us through poor games, um, I think the situation would be a lot worse for us. We'd probably be sitting around about mid-table, Russ. Okay. Very interesting there. And Emilio, over to you. Because uh, we're going to get into... The blame pie, as I like to say, I've done this on a former show where we talked about the players, the coach, his coach and staff, and then, of course, Tony Khan, the recruitment, because I think all have a, a part of the blame pie of why Fulmer, where they are. But I want to go back over to you because I'm trying to put my finger on why Fulmer are underperforming. It's probably not an easy answer. So I just want to get your view of you're watching it. Week in and week out, my friend, you're seeing the performances and they are very inconsistent. So why do you think they're underperforming? They have high quality players, but for whatever reason, we're not seeing the results that I think we should be seeing. You know, I think we look back on our transfer window in this preseason. I think people, many people were excited. We had, you know, good championship stroke premiership, bottom six premiership players, the Cavaleros of this one, knockouts. We all expected... To, to be performing a lot better and a lot stronger than we were. But I just think our, our, it's, our, it's our style of football, our brand of football. You know, when I, when I met Scott Parker at an event back in October, I spoke to him specifically around his tactics and playing, playing the ball from goalkeeper sideways, forward sideways. That's the brand of football he wants to play. So he wants to play from the back, and I admire that. But we don't have the quality of players to do that defensively. So our defence is, you know, you can see the record that speaks for itself. You can see too many goals. We make too many mistakes. But... We're very passive, we're predictable, we're slow. We don't press high up enough, up the pitch enough, in my opinion. And when we do, we're just very, very predictable. And teams, yes. have, teams have sussed us out. You know, that Millwall thumping was a, was based, maybe came at the wrong time. That would have been nice to thump Millwall this time of the year when we actually start on a new run, rather than at the beginning of the season where teams actually say, well, actually, that's where you're going to play. We're going to suss you out. And that's what they've done. And since then, we've, I think there have been a couple of games that we've actually won convincingly. It was Reading away and maybe Derby at home. That spring to mind. So 
I don't see what brand of football we're trying to play. And that's the key thing. Stats don't win games. You keep saying this time and time again, but it's defences, you know, take, you know, other teams take advantage of our passive, weak, weak style of football. And, you know, Reading, smash and grab. How many teams have right. Cottage and smashed and grabbed points and goals? Whole so, city. Yeah, whole city, Nottingham Forest. That's a worry for me, though. Another worry for me is the home form. You know, we're, we're losing too many games at home. We're, we haven't got that Craven Cottage fortress that we had under Yukanovich and Roy, in the Roy Hodgson era. And we haven't beaten top of anything. We've only been Leeds, who are top 10 teams. So there's a lot of negatives here, but. There's lots of things are wrong. I don't think it's just what I don't think you can put your finger on one thing. It's just very okay. different things, and I think a lot of it's to do with the style of football we're trying to play, and maybe we've got players that don't suit that style of football. It's funny you say that because one of our co-hosts, Craig Coben, said on an early show during the season that players like Cavallero and Knockhart are meant for more of a counterattacking style yeah. play, Emilio. Yeah, so, and that's worrying. Again, maybe this goes back to the recruitment. Yeah, they just again, it's these are players in you know in, in, in Bright, when they were at Brighton and Wolves in the Championship, these were, they were scoring double figures and, and getting double That's figures. Right. So something's not quite right. These guys, you know, are being found out. Knockhart's in and out of the team. Cavalero, other than those bursts of goals at the beginning of the season, his first goal for a while was against Reading. It's we aren't seeing those goals. And if it wasn't to Scott's point, you know, Mitrovic scoring goals, we'd be well down the table. So there's no other goals from this team other than from Mitrovic. And that's, again, another worry. Because I don't think we're creating enough. And we haven't got enough quality down the centre midfield. I think we're very predictable, very yep. passive, very slow. And we haven't got a, a good version of Jean-Michel Serri. That's the sort of player you need. Someone with a bit of an eye for goal and someone with a bit of quality. And Tom Kearney is captain, underperforming this season. Right. You know, so it's a, there's a lot not right with the balance of this team. Yep. Very good. Over to you, Scott, because, uh, again, this, this is some very interesting stuff that Emilio just shared. And uh, you and I have talked about the recruitment, and I'm not saying that they completely got the recruitment wrong, but when Emilio's talking about the style of play, the brand of football, and you have some of these players that, again, don't seem to fit the style of play, is that on bringing them to the club, not really having an idea how they were going to be used? That's why. That's where I'm going with the recruitment. Did they have a plan involved with these types of players that they brought in? Because the brand of football doesn't seem to match the players that they have right now. At least they're not getting enough out of them. And again, we, we could talk about the reasons why these players are under underperforming, but it also goes to something that Emilio said that I agree with. I think we're very predictable and teams like Nottingham Forest, Hull City and Reading definitely know how to play against us. So there's a blueprint how to beat Fulham right now. There absolutely is. And I guess this now goes on to the shoulders of Scott Parker and his staff to fix what is going on because other teams are going to do the exact same thing and they're going to basically find ways to beat us because they know how to beat us. So I want to get your thoughts on what Emilio shared and what I'm sharing here. Yeah, I mean, no, I kind of agree with, with what Milo's sort of saying here it's um and I mean I mean for me Russ when when I watch it this season we we lack identity um that's I a mean, great word yes yeah I mean what we've got to remember is that Scott Parker is is a, is a new coach he's never coached before he, he had a few games in the Premier League which was a bit of a grace period for him um but he's come down to the championship which we know is a relentless division um you know we've gone out 
and we've kind of bought players or we've loaned players like Knockart, Cavalero, um, you know, we brought them into the side. And you've got to remember that Scott Parker's never had any experience of coaching. He's never had any experience of kind of working with these types of players. Um, I mean, was he familiar with their style? Um, has he kind of coached these type of players before? I mean, I've always said when the season at Brighton went up, um, under Hooton, um, knockout was unplayable. Probably one of their best players of the season. He had him motoring, scoring goals, creating assists. That's right. Um, you know, under um, under Nuno, the you know um, Cavalero again, just literally dominating that left hand side, bombing forward, scoring goals from from width, from centre, um, and he and he was a pain in the ass for for teams to to, to defend against. Um, but when you look at our style, when you look at how these players have been kind of sort of adapted into the squad, we, we sometimes look like a pub team that's been thrown out there on a Sunday. and you just Right, I agree with that. Um, and, and what I see sometimes is a lack of identity. We don't seem to have any kind of game plan or, or any plan whatsoever. We expect to win games off of moments of brilliance from these players. We're expecting a worldie from Knockout or a worldie from Cavalero, or we're expecting a game to be rough and, and, and Mitrovic pops up and, and saves us at the end with you know a goal for, in, in the six-yard box. And I think the media um, has kind of touched on something um, important, which I was going to touch on, that Kearney this season has been... Personally, for me, he's been awful. Um, yeah, I agree not, with that. Not the player that he has been. I know that he's been out sick and he's been out injured or whatever, but I mean, I mean, you're lucky if you're getting a Kearney appearance once every four games from him at the moment. Mm-hmm. And outside of him, we've got no creativity yeah. in the field. Um, we've got no one to pick a ball up and drive. And, and I think that's why I think Parker's tried using Onama just as a bit of a, a driving force, obviously beyond the midfield to try and get a ball up to maybe Mitrovic or, or the front players. But again, it's it's that whole balance. Um, defensively, we've been absolutely terrible. Um, Shocking. The showing against Luton um, to have this persistent, and I don't know why it is, we have this persistent error that comes on that left-hand side with <laughs> Ryan and Ream. And every single team targets yep. it every time. And what annoys me is it keeps happening and happening and happening. Yeah, and they're not learning from their mistakes. Mm. No. Um, and if we're not trying to sort of play a ball out from the back you know, with players that are not ball players, we're, we're, we're sort of getting done on the break and we, we've got sort of you know our left back too far up the pitch. And you know, nobody seems to have a formal system. And that's the most frustrating thing here. And I think for most fans and probably the same for us, that we, we've got a team there that I think should be competing for them top two places. And for whatever reason, we're not getting the best out of them at all. I totally agree, Scott. And that's why I'm glad we're doing this show because we're really fleshing out what's been going wrong. And again, the irony here is they are fifth right now, but I don't feel like they deserve to be that. I know that sounds wrong, but again, I just don't think they're playing to their ability and I think they have the talent to be winning automatic promotion. But for whatever reason, we're not seeing the most out of these players. And you mentioned Kearney, too, and, and there are others as well. And But you brought up a word that I have to go back to, Emilio, because, again, Scott brought up identity, Emilio. This goes to what you've already been talking about, brand of football. What is Fulham's identity? We knew what their identity was under Savisa. I can go back to Roy Hodgson. You know their identity, mm-hmm. too. I don't know what their identity is under Scott Parker because at times it seems like 
just a group of strangers out there and they're just going to let their talent take over. And it just doesn't work out that way. Look at some how some teams look organized when they play against us. I watch a lot of championship football, and many teams look so much more fluid than we do. They have identities. So many teams have a stronger identity than we do, but we have more talent. So sometimes the teams that play together better get the results. It's not always about the talent, Amelia. Yeah, nothing. That's that's. Let's not forget, Larissa wasn't successful when he first joined. No, you know, it took a was one of, the, one of the few who wanted him out very soon, if you recall. You know, and I, you know, I, I ate my words when he got promoted, but he struggled initially. Let's not forget that. But, but people weren't calling him to get sacked. The people were just saying, we need to be patient. And Scott Parker's brand of thought, when I was speaking to him in October, was very much, he wants to play from the back. He wants to play... Uh, you know, a p- keep possession, keep ball. The stats are suggesting that that's the brand of football we're trying to play. So right. we want to play safety first, bit of a bit of a Roy Hodgson type of football. Don't give the ball away cheaply. Try to play from the back, keep possession, keep control of the game. Let play, let the opposing teams attack us. That's what he's trying to do, and that's what he was trying to explain to me. Unfortunately, we don't necessarily. I don't have the players defensively to play that level of football. Every time we do play too often from the back. We get very nervous. We start making mistakes, give the ball away, and, and that often results in goals being conceded. Right. What I'm not seeing enough though from this team is the fullbacks pushing up enough. So that's I think that's where I totally you know, agree, Amelia. I want to see Joe Bryan and Christie or whoever plays on the right to push up more. That takes that we're just we're sitting back to too much in our own half. We're not we're not involving the Cavaleros and and knockouts early enough. I don't see that. Why do you think that is, Emilio? Do you think that's been instructed from Parker? Yeah, that's that's safety first. That's again just sit back, push up occasionally. Don't go go bombing up the pitch like Ryan Fredericks was two or three seasons ago. That's not the way he wants to play. He wants to play a safety first type of football, and you can see that Harrison Reed, Johansson, Kenny, those triangular passes in the in our own half rather than in the in the opposition half. It's all about keeping possession and just be patient, trying to carve out those opportunities and trying to get the Cavaleras and knockouts on the ball early. But those guys are urging. They really want they want to get the ball early. They want to run at defences. They want to exploit defences. But I don't see we're, we're releasing the ball quick enough to these guys. Yep. And by the time they get the ball, you've got three or four men around them. So I just think it's a slow, passive style of football that he wants to play. And that's, I think, what the identity is going to be. Question is, do we have the players to fit that brand? At the moment, we don't. You know, offensively, offensively, I think we do, but although they're not the right quality, but I just think that's the way he wants to play. And unfortunately, your fans like it or not, that is going to be the Scott Parker way of football. We're not going to see a Slavisa way of football. It's going to be a Roy Hodgson-ish type of style. Safety first, keep possession, and be patient and try to cut out those opportunities. And, you know, that's, that's, that's what I think his identity is going to be. Right, but that's a great point because I think it's a conservative brand of football, mm. Emilio. And I'm glad that you brought up Roy Hodgson, but even Roy Hodgson would be more aggressive at Craven Cottage. He would mm. try to get on the front foot at Craven yeah, Cottage. Yeah. Yeah, no. Not this brand of football. This brand of football, they should be trying to get up on a team because if you look at it, when Fulham get the lead, they can be tough to beat. Mm, mm. But instead, they are playing it safe, Emilio. Yeah, and if we look at the... The amount of goal games we've conceded at home first. It's always that, or even away for that matter. It's those first 20 minutes. How many, time, how many games have we gone behind in the first 20, 20, 30 minutes? How many times we've had poor first half performances? Very often. Yep. And that's again because it's a slow, 
slow start to the game, keeping possession, trying to you know trying to get trying to get a stranglehold on the game. But what I'm seeing is when we changed that stack structure against Leeds United, we we pressed up right from the off. That's right, we hurt them. And look, and we got a we got a deserving win against a, a top two team a couple of weeks ago. So we can prove if we do change our style of football and be more on the front foot, push up the field a bit more, a bit more urgency, we can hurt teams. But it's when we play that sort of slow possessions type football doesn't always give us any cutting edge and we see we're not scoring enough goals with the quality of players that we have on the pitch as well okay scott i want to get your thoughts on this because i've been so frustrated early in games because this goes back to what emilio is talking about this is a conservative approach he wants to control the game we're talking about scott parker i understand where it's coming from but especially when you're at home why aren't you trying to be the aggressor why aren't you trying to push it to get that first goal to push your play on the opposition instead of trying to be very passive at times and just try to take your time? Why not be more, you know, on the front foot? We're not seeing that. And I'm glad that Emilio brought up Roy Hodgson because I understand the Roy Hodgson approach, but I've also seen a Roy Hodgson team play against some of the bigger teams in the Premier League at home and take it to them. So what are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, I mean, it sort of, sort of bemuses me the way, you know, we're, we're not battering teams sometimes with, with that forward line that we've got. Um, I mean, you look at it, I mean, Christ, I mean, you've got a premiership striker that shouldn't even be in the league. Um, you've got Bobby Reid, who's now coming um, coming good. Um, you know, you've got Cavalero on the left, you've got Knockhart on the right, and then you know, beyond that, you've got the bull in the china shop to bring on. Um you know, you've also got Cabano. I mean, we've got abundance of attack and we, we always seem very cautious in, in every right. game that we've been to that we sort of like, we, we kind of edge forward. It's all like, oh, oh no, 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 it's a bit too far. We, we'll stop it. Let's come back. Let's, let's pass it around. And, you know, and it, it's frustrating to watch at times. And I mean, with the talent we've got up front, we should be taking teams apart, especially at home. Um, right. Look, Reading, okay. I think we were frustrated. Um, you know, I mean, we hit the post three times. You know, we we should be putting goals away. The goalkeepers pulled up a couple of worldies. Um, maybe a little, bit, a little bit of luck, you know, within that game. We, we, we could have come away with a draw. We could have sneaked it 3-2. But, I mean, again, we play that sort of attacking football and then we get caught on the break and we look weak. I think it was on their first attack, wasn't it, Russ? Yep. And done anything. And, again, it come from that zone again between sort of Brian and... That's right. Ream on that side, it's kind of like oh, and then and then we then we sort of lack our identity again. We look lost. We don't we don't know what to do. And for me, it's been it's been like that since Barnsley. I mean, we never lost at Barnsley just because it was an opening game and um, you know tensions were high. No, where's I mean, the urgency? I I, we, I think that's the word to use. Where is yeah, it? We, yeah, the urgency. But we should have come into this season raring to go. I mean, you know, we we, we should have worked on that sort of. Pre-season, um, you know, we should have come out of the blocks like both West Brom and, and Leeds have. But right. I think we've we've started, we've stalled, we've started, we've stalled. I mean, we sit where we are, but I mean, we can't even patch sort of or string four wins together without looking half decent. I mean, the last time we, we, we sort of strung four wins together, we looked sketchy throughout. A couple of the games we didn't look like we could have, we, we should have won. Um, and we look nothing like a team that should be sort of competing in, in the playoffs or, or pushing for promotion. I mean, if, if you could imagine this side getting into the playoffs, Russ, could you imagine this side beating a team on, on you know, beating a team over two legs and then going on to win a final? Because I, I can't see it. Not right now, not the way 
it's playing at this moment, Scott. It's not the team that we saw two seasons ago. It's funny because I want it to be that team, but it's not looking like that team at all. And this goes back to the lack of identity because I look at the players, and we're going to go through the blame pie in just a second because they deserve part of the blame along with Parker and his staff. And, of course, I also want to mention Tony Khan because, again, were they thinking about how these players were going to be used within the system that Parker was going to be utilizing? I don't know. That's, again, part of this whole situation here. Because when I look at the team from two seasons ago, there was a clear identity. And you could see it building. And I've been waiting for it to build now. But the thing about it is the style of play is nowhere near what it was. Instead of taking the three points, trying to take it, we are basically trying to outmaneuver a team and just look for that open. And I'm just telling you, it one, it's bland. I've heard that word used by other people as well. I agree with that. But I don't see it as effective as it needs to be. And the bigger thing, Scott, back to you is that these players, these are really great players that they brought in. But well, for whatever reason, we're not seeing the best out of them, Scott. No, but I also want to touch on something. I want to go back to the Luton game. Um, highly frustrating. Again, um, I mean, two of them goals were comical. Um, oh, horrible. The one that was rolled out to Mawson, um, I mean, he, he dribbles it out and then decides to dribble back against his uh, uh, back over his box. And I'm thinking, you know, why the hell are you doing that? And then it, the ream one for me, where the ball come out to the left-hand side, he, he sort of pulled over to cover the Brock's way back. He had enough time on that ball to possibly either pump it back up the field or just knock it out and allow Brian to come back, re-establish themselves, throw in happens, and you probably save the goal again. But for whatever reason, he decides to play that ball into Brian's feet, who's running back, who has a defender on him, who pushes him over. And I just think to myself, why didn't you just lever that ball out, get organised, I mean, we could have come away and won that game 3-1. I mean, we we made such hard work of that. Oh. Now, with the quality of that side, I mean, I know it wasn't a pretty performance, but we probably yeah. could have beat them on the day 3-1. It was, it was ugly. We come away, we got the three points, and that's what we should be doing in that division. But we just seem to be some of, some of these mistakes. I mean, it, it, uh, you know, it makes it look as if it's deliberate. It's like as if Tony Carl, I'll tell you what, we don't want to get promoted, lads, until this Riverside's been built. Can we put a couple of things there and just deliberately lose a couple of games? Because you look at some of these things and you think, Jesus yeah. Christ, it's just not it's just not capable, you know? Yeah. We seem to be, you know, we, I, I know it's not the case for us, but we seem to keep doing it and we don't learn from these mistakes. Right. We're not learning from our mistakes, Scott. It's something mm. that I've said and I'm totally there with you. And that's what's frustrating about this. That's why I'm glad we're doing the show because I'm frustrated here because I – predicted automatic promotion and I'm looking like a fool right now because I'm looking at the teams ahead of them and I've watched a ton of matches from West Brom and I've watched a decent amount of Leeds United. Fulham should be right there with them and honestly I don't think West Brom talent-wise is any better than Fulham but they are getting the results. Same thing with Leeds United even though I I think that there's a chance they could fade okay but listen Fulham are, are far enough away where you have to really think about at this point the playoffs my dream of automatic promotion is really a pipe dream at this point it could still happen but it's highly unlikely but that's why again we're trying to figure out why they are where they are and then if you're projecting forward 
what is going to happen the rest of the season? And that's what I just don't know because it goes back to what Emilio said. Where's the identity of the team? So that's going to lead me to really get into the blame pie. 100%. Let's break this down. Emilio, to you, how much do you put the blame of where Fulham are right now on Scott Parker and his coaching staff, number one, number two, the players, and three, Tony Khan and the recruitment? Break it out into 100%. Um, at the end of the day, I think if we look at it from, I think Scott said it earlier, you know, this is a new coach, a young coach who's learning the trade. You know, And I keep saying it time and time again, there's so many synergies with this team and Derby County last season. Coaching-wise, Derby County got into the playoff final with the lowest points total for a sixth-place team. Yeah, nobody, you know, People were calling for Frank Lampard's head this time last season because they weren't doing well enough. They've got pretty much the same points they had the last season this time as we do now. Yeah, they got into the playoff final. So I don't think it's all doom and gloom, to be honest. I think we're trying to... Parker's trying to learn his trade here. I wasn't a big fan of his. You know, I've said that time and time again. But I'm prepared to give him time. I'm hopeful that he can find a winning formula here. And so I'm not going to blame him specifically. You know, you can't blame a manager who wants to play a certain style of football. And yep. he has to make do with the players that he's got. So he can't be a tr- he can't be blamed for that. So he's come in with a certain style of football. He's trying to, you know, make his mark in this division with the players that he's got. And he's learning. Hopefully he, we will learn week in, week out. Whilst you learn, you're not going to be, how do you say, dominant in this division. Right. right. You know, it just needs two or three consecutive wins and a bit more consistency and not losing many games. Actually, then we're, we're, we're knocking on the door for third place and possibly for second. So I don't think it's all doom and gloom, to be honest. But, okay. you know, we're going to put the blame on Scott Park. I'm probably saying about 20 25%, to be honest. I'm going to put a lot of the blame on the players. Okay. Scott Park, you can't blame Scott Parker for what for the examples that Scott gave about the Luton game. Whose fault is that? Is that Scott Parker or is that the quality of the defending? That's quality of the, the defending. You can't, put Scott, you can't blame Scott Parker for that. No. You know, how many chances are we not converting up front? Is that Scott Parker's fault or is that the players' fault? And I've said this time and time again, we're not clinical enough. The players that we've got, we have all that possession, we carve out a lot of opportunities, but we have, bloody hell, we also miss a lot of opportunities, including Mitrovic. Mitrovic is scoring a lot of goals. How many has he missed from six yards out? Quite a few. So we're not clinical enough. Who's that? Is that Scott Parker's fault or is that the players' fault? So I think the players have got to take more responsibility. I'm, playing, I'm putting them a lot of the responsibility on the players here, okay. about 50, 55, 60%, and about 20% on the recruitment. So I think oh. you can't keep blaming the Khans for not in, doing the right things. I think they've got the right intentions at heart. Right. They've got us some good, experienced players. They extended Mitrovic's contract. They extended Tom Kenny's contract. Um, you've got two you know, forward you know, wingers in Cavalera Knockout who who you know, top championship players in the past in their previous clubs. So... At the end of the day, you can't blame the Khans much for that. But unfortunately, they didn't really invest in defence, where it's where we where we needed some um, some quality there. So I'm saying 20% Scott Parker, 60 for the players, and 20 for Tony Khan and the, and the owners here. Okay, very interesting there. Over to you, Scott. Emilio brings up some interesting uh, thoughts on who do you put the blame on, breaks it out in his way. I understand where he's going, and uh, we're going to end the show talking more about Scott Parker. I did a couple polls. That's where we're going to end this show. But let's just talk about the blame pie, like I, I mentioned. Where does it fall with you? Um, I'm going to go a little bit different. Um, I'm going to I'm going to say it's 25% Parker, 25% okay. players. I'm going to put 50% of the blame onto Tony Khan. Okay. Um, 
and I'm going to explain that and the and the reasons behind that is because we come into this season and the um, the kind of noise from the the owners or whether it's Tony Khan was um, automatic promotion at any cost. Um, that was the goal. That was the aim. Um, strong, um, you know, to the point, and it's ambitious. And, and, and like Emilio says, um, I believe that their intentions are always very good, very clear. Um, but for me, you don't make a statement like that um, and bring in the players that you do and then bring in an experienced, an inexperienced coach to drive a promotion season like that. We all know that a coach, you know, based on experience, um, plays a certain way, you know, does certain things, knows certain players. Um, and we all knew that if 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 a if an inexperienced coach like Scott Parker come in, there would be a period where you know he's going to have to learn the ropes. That's right. If it was a season of say stability, where we where we were trying to stabilise for two or three seasons while Riverside was being built, and you wanted a young English coach to come in and you know sort of learn the ropes, and you know we we kind of build a, another Eddie Howe as it goes, in, then fair enough, I I could understand that. But I think what the Khans have done by doing so, they brought Scott Parker in, and I kind of think that they thought, especially Tony, um, we'll be clever here. I'll go out and I'll get Cavalero knockout, and what we can do is we can, you know, we can sit Scott Parker there, and, and most games these these players will probably carry him through, um, which hasn't happened for me. And I think the biggest mistake that we've kind of made is the expectation of a promotion season, and we've rested it on the shoulders of a young, inexperienced coach. And we can see um, that obviously it's not panning out the way that it should have been. And I've always said, don't get me wrong, the experience sometimes, Russ, um, doesn't always mean success. We've, we've seen it in the past with Ranieri and stuff like <laughs> that. But if you look at Leeds um, under Baisa and you look at West Brom, they, they, they brought in Billick this year, um, and they're motoring. Um, you look at Leeds, they have an identity under Blake. Oh, they have so. a huge identity. I totally they, agree they, with that. They, they know they who they are. Off, they kick off from the start and they motor yep. for 90 minutes. They're fit. They know their positions. They know their jobs. They lost one of, I, you know, I was undoubtedly one of their better centre-halves to, to, to Brentford. I know he's a bit of a troublesome sort of player. But, um, you know, beginning of the season, they weren't leaking goals. They were very, very tight. Um, you know, and those two teams have got something that we've got, a bit of identity organisation. And I think Tony Khan, if he wanted a statement like that to to go up and maybe sort of, you know, in the automatic promotions and win that league, then he should have gone out and got the guy, uh, got an experienced manager to do that. And um, he hasn't, you know. And to couple with that as well, uh, for what Milo touched on, um, that defence of ours has been awful for seasons. Um We've gone and spent twenty million on Alfie Morgan. Um We know that he was injured when he first came in, but he's looked half the player than what we spent on him. What was it, twenty million? Um, Reem is not the player that he used to be. He's twenty nine, thirty now, I believe. Thirty one is he, Amelia? Thirty two, thirty three now. Two thirty three. Um, he's got the legs that he's got. We know Dennis Adore's a utility player. We we we've needed and a right back. We've needed players there for for seasons. We we knew how awful that Premiership season was, and again we've. You know, we we've not identified that, um, and for me again, that has to go down. Blame with the owners. Um, I know that okay. we went out, we got Hector, but again, it was too late. How many times do we leave things to the last minute? Again, we've done it again when we should have had somebody beginning of the season if we was going for a promotion charge. You know, so there's a lot going on there. I mean, yes, sure. uh, I'm very frustrated with the way that Parker plays. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm very frustrated that he doesn't have an identity, but Scott Parker didn't ask to be in this position. The, the owners put him in there, um, you know, and unfortunately for someone in that position, it, this is going to happen. And I think we're now kind of reproducing those problems because we've invested our time or our season in an experienced manager. So, and the players follow suit as well. So, I mean, right. I'm going to go 25% um, to Scott Parker, 25% to um, the players, because we have got some that are underperforming, like I said, with Kearney, not really sort of, you know, they've come down, they're probably still on premiership wages or whatever, and, and they're not in, in the fight for us. And, and I'm going to put 50% on Tony Khan. Okay, excellent. Emilio, back to you. I, I find what Scott just shared very interesting because you and I have talked about this. Scott Parker wasn't my choice. I wanted an experienced manager, so I understand where Scott's going with this. So we knew that this could happen. You and I have talked about could this turn into a Frank Lampard situation? It still could. It, you could be right. It could still turn in that way. But when you look at the players that were recruited, and you and Scott – Tamfield here are similar to the blame on Parker because you understand that he's an inexperienced manager learning his trade as we go along. So do you blame the cons for not bringing in a more experienced manager? Because it's a very interesting thought that Scott has, because it's something that I thought of at the beginning of the season, before the season even began, why not bring in an experienced manager? You look at all these other teams, you know, Sheffield United, they stuck with Chris Wilder through the championship. Look where they're flying high in the Premier League. You know, it's easy to reflect in hindsight and say, well, you know, six months on, maybe we should have brought an experienced manager. I think, you know, we all deserve to learn our trade. You know, okay. they made a decision to stay with Scott Parker. You know, I was, I was, I did, we did a show straight after that, if I recall, when he was appointed. That wasn't a decision, but, you know, you have to back the owners, you've got to support your club and hope that the that the combination of the owners, the players and the manager and coach can find a winning formula. To be honest, he's trying to get that. And as I say, I'm not standing while I'm, I'm defending him. What I'm trying to say here is that we are starting to see a type of football that he wants to play. We, we can start to strengthen in some of those key areas, in, especially in defence. We've got a better goalkeeper, so let's be honest. We, he, he had the he had the ball to drop Bettinelli, and now we've got a much better keeper, much more safer behind the behind the sticks than we had two months ago. So he's not afraid to make decisions. So I, I, I sure. the likes of Kamara twelve months ago, you know, he was he was set packing off that debacle against Huddersfield. He's been he's been loved. He's been coached by Scott Pye. Now he's he's a better player than he was twelve months ago. So that's right. Yeah. You know, so there are some good attributes that he's got, and I think he's young. He's only got to get better in my opinion. So let's let's work with him. Let's support the team. And if the Khans can invest in this transfer window in some of those weak errors, you know, in defence, and maybe create a bit more urgency in central midfield. That's for me is a lot of the bottleneck. I don't think we, we don't we're not we haven't got enough quality in that in that in that position. And that's why we're not creating enough opportunity. And what opportunities we do create, we're not clinical enough. And that is is that Scott Parker's fault or is that the players' fault? So I'm not changing my view. I still believe the players have a lot to answer for. Okay. So when, was everyone talking about Joe Bryan being the the best uh, best fullback in this division? You've seen what what you know where he's, he's lacking quality. Absolutely, the doubt in the Premier League. We've seen him actually being had a very very poor season. Um, so there's a lot the players need to stand up. They need to look themselves in the mirror and saying, actually, we are making these mistakes week in week out. How can that be Scott Park's fault when they they give the ball away or not not doing their job, which is basically to defend? You can't blame Scott Parker for that. Okay. Can I just can I just touch on one more thing as well? Go ahead, Scott. We're, we're in the moment of this as well. Mm. The reason 
also put a lot of blame on Tony Khan as well, is because we we've made that decision to bring in a young manager. Um, mm. We've his choice of number two. I can't Matt something he come from um Tottenham. I can't remember from his Tottenham, name. Yeah. Um again, no experience obviously within first team football, mainly sort of with, with, with youth policy. Um and we retained um obviously our guy um from the Savisa years. Great but beyond, what have we got? Um you look at a football club and if you want some sort of stability at that level, you have to have an active um director of football. And I think this is what these mm-hmm. hands off as well is because Tony Khan is so invisible, um, I think it frustrates a lot of fans. Um, you need somebody on that kind of level that's involved with the club, that's experienced in football, that can make solid decisions, that can support um, you know, a solution that we're trying to put in, in place. Um, we look like very much like a ghost ship sometimes, where Tony Khan's off, he's in the US, you know, and we go through sort of debacles that we're going through at the moment, and then he's tweeting about wrestling and doing this and doing wrestling moves all over the place and you know people are bombazzled why you know why we've got a director of football doing that if you're going to spread yourself over say three ventures which he's kind of doing now you're not actively going to manage all three um you know if you're serious about running a football club or you're serious about getting this club somewhere why not bring somebody in at that level i mean tony khan doesn't have to fully come out of the picture but bring somebody in that's got experience, um, that's got knowledge of the game, that a football person that can maybe just make that slight difference. Because as a club, we make far too many mistakes, Russ, far too many. Totally agree. I totally agree. Miller, back to you. What, what are your thoughts about what Scott just shared? Because, again, you've already mentioned the January transfer window, which I think is massive for Fulham, to give Scott Parker reinforcements and help him improve as a manager. I, I think he needs players, and you've already – acknowledged that we need defense, but also I agree with you, central midfield. Hmm. So I want your thoughts on what Scott just shared and also the transfer window, what that could mean for Scott Parker. I'm expecting him to be supported in terms of new acquisitions, whether it be loan signings or not. I I, I think there will be some reinforcements this month because I think the key thing now is as long as the minimum we get um, playoff position, we've got a chance. There's a 50-50 chance that you can get into a playoff final and, and actually a 50-50 chance of winning that. So I think top two is a little bit out of the question, in my opinion. But who's to say the, you know, the, the Leeds do what they do every season, start to wobble a bit? They have wobbled a bit in recent weeks. You know, we just need a couple, I think, additional players, a couple in additions in, in defence, a bit more quality in central midfield. And I think I actually think we're not, we, we will become more consistent. We'll start to grind out more results. We'll keep more clean sheets. And, you know, that, that will result in more points on the board. You know, whether we'll get enough to get top two, I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. So I think we'll still get a top six. I think the Carnes will back Scott Parker. And if it all goes right, then we've got a young coach here who's who's potentially has a prosperous future. You know, Frank Lampard's gone on to Chelsea, managed, you know, yeah. he's gone on to bigger and better things. You know, no one's complaining about Frank Lampard now, yet Derby wanted him sacked 12 months ago. So youth is on his side. We've got a young manager, there's potential upside there, and it's, it's easy to go with a more experienced coach, but that doesn't always guarantee his success either. So I think we just have to... Back him. The Khans, I think, will back him this transfer window. We'll give him the reinforcements he needs, and they'll give him a, a bit of a pat on the back and say, "Look, you're, you know, learn from your mistakes. We'll here to support you." And I, I don't think they'll get rid of him. The only way they'll get rid of him if we suddenly start to lose three or four in the spin and we drift mid-table. That's the only time they'll take action. And I've said that right from the beginning right. of the season. Whilst we're in the minimum player positions, he will remain the coach of Fulham Football Club. Okay, Scott, back over to you because again, this goes back to your argument talking about recruitment, 
the cons. So let's just throw it out there. Let's say they back Parker, young manager. They give him what he needs. Could that be the difference for turning Fulmer on? Because, again, he's learning, and but maybe he doesn't have the right players to play the way he wants to play. And, again, it, it goes to what you're talking about, talking about the recruitment and the cons. So what are your thoughts about that? Could the right players coming in the door make all the difference for Fulham Football Club and Scott Parker? Um, possibly, but do we trust Tony Khan to get it right again? Um, we don't seem to get it right. Um, the intentions are good, but we just, from a footballing level, um, we, we, we never seem to get it right. It's, it's the wrong type of players. Um, and I've got no kind of um, trust that we're going to do anything different this January. Um, you know, it's going to be late. Um, we all know that I think if we've got any kind of opportunity for automatic promotion, which, by the way, I think I don't think it's possible this season. I, I kind of disagree with Emilio in regards to Leeds falling over again. I just think they're a different animal under beliefs of this season. Um, I think they're a striker away of probably winning that league. Um, if they get someone like Chet Adams on loan or something, I, I think they will go on to win it. Um, I just don't see them having the massive flop that they did. They just seem to be a very good unit. Would like to eat my own words on that, um, but I just feel that they're slightly different this year and West Brom seems solid under Billick and I think we've got our top two now. I think from obviously our stability from the beginning of the season, I think we've totally messed that up. However, um, we've still got the opportunity to play us, but I think what the aim needs to be the second half of the season is... We need to build a team and we need to get stability and we need to get an identity to run this second half of the season and cement ourselves within the playoffs. And we need um, like an identity to go off and, and sort of win you know, a playoff leg over two legs and, and go and win a final. I think that's what needs to be concentrated on. Um, and you're right, yes, we, we do need additions. Um, but again, are they going to come early enough this January, Russell? Are we going to stick in our backsides again, wait until January the 31st before they come through the door? You know, are they going to be injured again? Or, you know, these are my worries. These are where I understand I think, your worries, Scott. It's happened um, before. I, I understand. And, you know, I like, I'm trying to keep upbeat. I'm trying to keep yeah. positive. But the, the problem, you know, this this is the hard facts. This, this is what happens, you know. Um, we, need, we need Hector at the beginning of the season. Not, you know, not now. Um, the damage has been done. We all knew that we'd be defensively frail again. And, oh, you know, Hector didn't come in on time. The paperwork was late or whatever it was didn't happen. And again, we just seem to dither and dither and, and we just never, I'd just like us to come out this January, get our reinforcements, let's get playing football, um, you know, back Parker and hopefully we, you know, something will happen and, and we can push on. But, you know, I, again, it's, it's a trust issue. I, I, I want us to do that, but whether we do or not, I'm not too sure, Russ. Okay. And fair enough, Scott, seriously, uh, history is kind of on your side on that with these transfer windows. So I certainly understand where you're going on that, but the players have come through the door, but as you mentioned, they've been late or we've had these situations with Hector where it's actually too late. And then it ends up being the next window. So I understand where you're going, that there's good and bad, but I would hope that they could get their business done sooner than later, but it always seems to be at the end. So certainly get where you're coming from, Scott. I mean, the problem we got is Russ, that we go, I think we're way at hole next. Um, yep. we know that's a difficult place to go um, they've done us before 3-0 um, if we lose there um, and well I think we've got Middlesbrough after that and Middlesbrough seems to have had a couple of decent results they beat West Brom and we, and we yep. lose again 
Parker, I think Parker could be in trouble. I think um, we, we, we could slip out of the playoffs. Um, we need we need we need a good turnaround in fortune. It needs to come quick, really. Um, I think oh, that's the key thing. Now we need to start getting on this unbeaten run. Not two or three games unbeaten. Run. That's, yeah, that's what I mean. If if, if we go into these next two games, if we go into these next two games, you know, we've got Hole away, which is difficult. Yeah. We know it's going to be tough out there. We need to get something out of Hole, and we need to be beating um, Borough, and we need to start putting a few wins together. I mean, if we if we lose them two, we don't get maximum mm-hmm. points out. We're going to fall out of the playoffs, and then that's when it's going to start getting difficult yeah. to pull ourselves back into it. This is crunch time now. If you think about it, you totally agree. Nowhere, so there's only what six points difference between where we are now and mid table. So going back to what we we're saying at the beginning of the show, that this is we're in a false position. I think now the pressure is going to be mounting. That's why we need to start showing some consistency. I believe the Cons will back him. Hopefully, he'll back him a lot sooner in the transfer window rather than I doing so. it dot com. But but ultimately, again, it's 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 a divi- it's a weird division. You know, two or three defeats yep. right down mid table, two or three wins, you're actually comfortably in, in that top three position. So. That's right. It's there for the taking. You know, the Khans have just got to make a couple of shrewd signings in the right areas. And then, you know, we can start pushing on, be more consistent, harder to beat. And who knows? And then it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it becomes, you know, we can control some of these guys. I just don't think we're killing games off enough. And that's why is part of it you can blame on Parker. But also, I just think, I've lo- you know, if I go back and analyse each game, we've, we've either not created enough opportunities, and that's, that's to do with the, the, the tactics. But in the games that we have, sure. and we're not being clinical enough, then you know that you can't blame the manager for not converting your chances and not scoring enough goals to kill games off. And that's a, that's a worry for him when you're one 0 up, we're constantly sitting back, and that could be partly tactics, but also I think we're, we're wasteful in key areas, and that that frustrates me because we should be Stoke City, we should have killed that game off in the first half. Yet what did we do? We hung on for dear life, even though that's they right. weren't good. So it's too many of those examples, and that's a combination of coaching, but also players and lack of quality. Okay, excellent there. All right, guys, we are going to end the show talking about my poll, and I want to get both of your thoughts and uh, what you want. And the poll was this. I have two polls, one on Facebook and one on Twitter. And it was simply, do you want Scott Parker sacked right now? And the reason why I'm asking it, because it's really become a polarizing situation with foam supporters after victory, after a loss. It ebbs and flows, you know, and again, you can feel it after a win, after a loss. It's every single match Scott Parker comes up, whether positively or negatively. So I wanted to ask the Fulham supporters their thoughts on this. And the polls I have are fascinating, guys. First on Twitter, and this is 733 votes. Do you want Scott Parker sacked right now? No was at 51%. Yes, was at 49%. Look how close that is. It's almost 50-50. Now, on Facebook, a little different. Okay, we have 424 votes. No was much higher at 69%. And yes was at 31%. Those are some very interesting results. Emilio, I'll go to you first. Thoughts on the poll? And then also, do you want Scott Parker sacked right now? I'm not surprised the Twitter poll was 50-50. I think sometimes in on the Twitter you can hide behind that your acronym without giving your full name. Whereas on Facebook, your tent your full name is is there as a profile. So it doesn't surprise me that you've got you know, most of the moaning happening on Twitter than compared to Facebook. 
Um, I don't want him sacked yet. I, I think we've got to give him time. You can't keep sacking managers every four or five months. The Khans have made a decision. They've got to stick by the decision. Back him, get him the reinforcements, and we might see a, a good coach in the making. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic here. You know, okay. I don't want more upheaval by releasing managers, but if we do lose three or four consecutive games on a spin and we we get dragged into the mid-table and below, then then I think it might be a different conversation. But whilst we're still in the playoffs and still still it's in our own hands, we've got some easier-looking games on paper in the next six weeks. Win some of those with a better squad of players, and you, you know, then I think Scott Parker might might be rejuvenated. But I, I don't want him sacked. I just think you can't keep sacking. We need to back him and support him, and the fans need to play a part in that as well. Okay, and it's funny because I've actually heard that from several supporters. I've been contacted by some that have said, "Back the manager, just back him, get behind him, get behind Fulham right now." Don't be doing this sack Parker stuff. When I was when I met him as well, I asked him the question. So obviously, I said, "How, you know, what? How do you react when fans are on your back?" He was talking about a couple of instances where fans were whinging and effing and blinding, where in the dugout, so he could hear fans behind him. You know, uh, last season, and he was saying, "I was saying, how do you deal with that?" And he said, "It's it's difficult when you can actually hear fans telling you where to go, really." So, uh, but. You know, he was saying he was disappointing to be criticised, yet they were putting him on the top three at the time when I spoke to him in October. So that, that's a frustration. It's not like we're bottom three and, yep. you know, fighting for relegation at the moment. We're, we're, yes, we're in a position where we shouldn't be because we haven't played well enough to be in the top five. But we are where we are. And that's thanks to the other teams also in part. Sure. Enough. So it could be worse, is my point. I think we've just got to give back him a little bit longer and... I think all that negativity in the stands, all the booing at half time, and then that feeds onto the players. That doesn't do players' confidence any good. Okay, so that goes to what some supporters have been saying to me: just get behind the club, get behind the team. So I understand where you're going on that, Scott. I want to go over to you. I want to get your thoughts on what Emilio shared, and then also the polls. Where do you fall in, in all of this? Yeah, I mean, the polls, it's kind of one of the situations, I think, Russ, where, um, I mean, the, the Twitter one being 50-50, I think, you know, it's it's a lot of fans kind of not knowing where they sit. It's because he's such a young manager. Um, you know, you can't blame all of the, you can't pin all the blame on him um, because he's learning a trade, is what we spoke right. about. Um, and at the same time, if you want, a manager to learn their trade, um, then you've got to give them the time. Um, you know, I've I've seen argument after argument on on Twitter about you know get rid of him now, um, you know no back him, you know, you know wind your neck in. We've only just we only lost a game and and this and that, and it's kind of I think looking at the expectation of what we expect from Scott Parker. Um, I mean, I'm I'm slightly different. I I didn't want him at the beginning. I didn't I didn't think it was the right appointment. Um, I don't have an emotional attachment to him at all. I, I don't have any attachment to him at Fulham. Um, but in time, I've got nothing against him. Um, I, you know, I want to see him succeed. Um, but as a young coach, for me, I just feel that he's got an even harder job with how he's probably being backed at the moment. Um, I think he could have been given a better set of tools, um, a better set of players. Um, I mean, it was an interesting conversation on Friends of Fulham um, recently. One of the members was going on about um, where Parker and, and the ball got it badly wrong, and he kind of touched on obviously, you know, why was Matt Wells appointed as number two? You know, why, why, you know, an inexperienced manager, right. 
ask for an inexperienced sort of youth academy um, player is a number two, and you know it's it's a case of why was that allowed to happen? Why you know why wasn't somebody else brought in with a bit more knowledge that um, would help Could guide him? You know, it's it's and they go on to to say you know he's a director of football naive, our manager naive, our assistant managers naive. You know, it's and you add all those together, and you're going to kind of get a naive approach. Um, you know, so there's different different stories out there, Russ, and I yeah. and I think um, you know, I think the polls. Uh, you're going to get a mixed bag over this. It's, some fans are going to want him out because they want instant success. Some fans are going to, you know, they're, they're a bit more realistic and, and they realise that, you know, not every team comes down from the premiership and, and returns at the first attempt. They maybe do it at the second attempt once they've stabilised a little bit and that could be us. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that both polls are pretty kind of fair. I know that they're open polls and you've probably got to sure. bring Queensland Rangers fans in there say no, keep him, keep him, keep him. It's like, um, and they do swing the pole sometimes, but it's probably a true reflection of where we really are at the moment. So, okay, Scott, where do you fall in all of this? So, as I mentioned, Emilio doesn't want him sacked. How about yourself? Um, like I say, I'll be open on this. I don't have any emotional attachment to Parker. Um, if there was the right manager out there, which should have been appointed at the beginning and he was available, um, then I probably would replace. Um, okay. For me, it's just a case that I think that the expectation of what the Cards wanted this season and how they've gone about it, I think they should have appointed somebody slightly different. Um, but we are where we are. We've got him. I'll back him while he's there and just hopefully we can now sort of push on and, and put things right. Okay. Excellent there, Scott. Very interesting from you and Emilio. I'm going to say this. I, again, I, I found the polls very interesting, and uh, I'm on Twitter and Facebook a great deal, and I've seen all the comments. It really does go from match to match how the fans feel about Scott Parker, which side you're on, and it, it just keeps building each and every match. And uh, I'm with Emilio that I'm sick of the manager carousel. I'm very sick of it. And I get where Emilio's going to back Parker and to see if he can – turn into Frank Lampard. I'm there with Emilio. I'm totally there with him. But I'm with you, Scott. It really does come down to backing him with uh, recruitment in January. So the cons need to back him. Give him the tools. Because I don't know if he was given all the tools to start. So we have all these high-priced names and high-end talent, but I don't think they got it all right. And uh, I think they have a chance to get it right in January. Because I don't think he has the defense that he needs. Emilio brought up maybe some help in central midfield. I'm there with you, Emilio, on that as well. So I am certainly not in the camp of sacking Scott Parker. In fact, I'm more in the backing Scott Parker. And uh, I've said it before, Parker in. And it's I I guess you could say it's upset a few people because they think I'm crazy that I've said that. But what it really is, it's it's backing him and letting him see if he can turn into a good manager because he needs time to learn his trade, as Emilio said. But he needs backing from the cons. It really is not just about him, I think. So we'll see what happens. But I am one that wants to see him succeed now. He wasn't my choice, but I'm willing to go throughout the season with him and let's see what happens. All right. Yeah, no, Great show, guys. Oh, I'm sorry. Emilio, do you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, just on that. Um, 
you know, I think none, none of the three of us were inspired. What you know, when he was appointed, you know, back in the summer, I think none of us were in. You know, thought he was the right appointment. Obviously, inexperienced. Maybe we we're expecting a bigger name, but you know, we are where we are. But my view is, if we if the Khans don't invest this summer, I don't think Parker's got the squad or the experience to get us into even to an autumn into a playoff position. I actually think we might struggle to get into the playoffs. Now, maybe people may question that was that sackable then, but I don't think I think. That's why I think the Khans have made a decision. If stuck by this young this young manager, yeah. I believe they will back him in the hope that he can secure that top six place and hopefully strengthen. And if we don't get promotion this season, then we will be stronger next year, just like Leeds have done in in the last few seasons. You know, it's things take time. You know, it's yeah. it's not easy to get out of this division. We've seen that. It's a struggle. It's it's tough. It's the hardest league in the world uh, to get out of. So. My, that's why I believe the Khans will back him because, A, they made a choice to, to appoint him in the first place and therefore they'll back him to give him that extra comfort and equality and tools, as Scott puts it, to to give us a, a more chance to secure that top six. And then it becomes a lottery after that. And if it doesn't succeed this year, then we, we learn for next season. That's But it's if you don't give him the tools, I'm not sure he, the squad's good enough there. Based tactics, players, confidence, to actually maybe even get a top six. I think we might fall out of that top six place as well. Okay, excellent. Scott, over to you. I'll give you the final word on the show. Yeah, just um, I'm, I'm looking for for once, and I'm you see, I'm, I'm praying here that we, you know, we, and I'm putting my hands together in front of my laptop, um, that we have just a no nonsense January. We know we need a couple of players. Um, we know that we've needed them for the best part of the half of this season. Can we just get them in early and give Parker the best opportunity to kind of stabilise his side and push on? Um, because like Camilo was saying, if um, I, I, if I don't think he gets the tools um, and the players that he wants, then we we could drop out of that top six, and it will be a lot harder for us to to, to get back in. Um, so that's that's what I'm hoping. Um, what we need to do, um, if Parker is to remain, um, then then so be it. Um, but let's back him. Let's not make it any more difficult for him, um, and allow fans to get on his back even further. Um, right. So I'm putting back on the owners and Tony Khan. So let's see what see what happens. Okay, and I'm there with you, Scott. And I'm glad that you have posed it the way that you have during this show because we're all talking about Scott Parker and the fact that he's learning on the fly, learning his trade, but he also needs the tools to best succeed. And maybe he just hasn't had all those tools, and now it's the opportunity to give him some. So it really does fall back on. Tony Khan and his father to get him the players that he needs to take him to the next level, make it easier on him to basically play the way he wants them to play. And then we'll have to take it from there. And, and uh, I'm there with you, my friend. All right. Great show guys. I really enjoyed this, but it is time to wrap this up for my co-host, Emilio Donnell and Scott Tanfield from friends of foam. I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to cottage talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year.
Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.